Brian Burke estimates, and I think he was kidding, that he's got, quote, around 17 cents, end quote, worth of salary cap space as the NHL's trade deadline approaches. Whether or not he's being serious, that's quite the thing. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Burke was interviewed yesterday by Dave Molinari from our website, DK Pittsburgh Sports, and he shed quite a bit of light on his own perspective in concert, of course, with Ron Hextall. They do everything together. They seemed invariably to be on the same page since they've arrived in Pittsburgh as to why the Penguins are as handcuffed as they appear to be to this lineup. And there was some confirmation in the piece that they are not, in fact, oblivious to what we're all witnessing when it comes to the lack of secondary scoring. But he also points out, Burke does, in this interview, while acknowledging that Hextall has been working the phones and trying to find some kind of fit, that there just isn't much that's available that doesn't require some kind of massive cap-type move. To quote Burke directly, given our cap situation, I'm not sure what, if anything, we're prepared to do. As for the minor league guys that I've been touting quite a bit here, not so much pumping them up as if they're great or something, but just suggesting that they've got to be capable of scoring more than zero goals. Whether that's Radim Zahorna, Drew O'Connor, Valtteri Pustin, and Burke brought up all three of those guys as well, said, we've got Pustin and we've got Zahorna, we've got O'Connor. We've got guys we could call up who could score. But then again, he goes on to emphasize the cap space. And that is something that I think a lot of us, myself included, tend to overlook. When these players from Wilkes-Barre come to the NHL and they start getting paid an NHL wage, that counts against your cap hit. If the player that you're moving out or sending down is a real live NHL player, you're not saving cap space. You're just adding to it by having the guys up. And when you're hovering that close to the cap, a figure that Burke non-jokingly estimates as being $170,000, every little move counts every day that a minor league player spends in the NHL counts. So while he doesn't sound resigned to the Penguins being unable to do anything at all at the deadline, or for that matter, getting Zahorna, O'Connor, Pustin, and any of those guys a chance in the NHL, it sure sounds like They'd rather try to find a way to avoid it. And for me, that in and of itself is a worry. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Look, you can't let the fear of cap space constrict your thinking, constrict your ambitions when you're looking at a team that has a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And yeah, I know, a couple rough games, always a bad time to say something like that, but they are where they are in the standings, and they've beaten all the teams at some point or other that you would have wanted them to beat in order to fall into that category, so just ride it out. If they beat Vegas here tomorrow night, everyone will be right back on the wagon. They can win the Cup, but they need more secondary scoring than what they've gotten for about half a season now. That's how long it's been, half a season. And as such, the priority that they need to put into place is to move a cap hit out. And I'm sorry, but I am not seeing that as some impossible thing. When you're looking at Kasperi Kapanen, who even when he's scoring, and it's been a while, doesn't look at all like a Mike Sullivan type of player. And you know that he's got a $3.2 million cap hit. And you know that he's 25 years old and he can fly and he can do all these other great physical things on the ice. Someone will take that player, whether it's for a seventh round pick or whatever, Someone will take that player off your hands. Move him like tomorrow. That'll free up a whole lot of cap space, and it'll certainly be enough, more than enough, for you to bring up people from Wilkes-Barre as you please. It'll also allow you to make a real trade with someone. I'll throw another one at you. What about John Marino? Hmm? Unthinkable, right? Well, it was unthinkable a couple years ago. It hasn't been unthinkable since then. He's got a contract in place averaging into the $4 million range for years to come. Teams would love to have a right-handed, smart, poised defenseman like Marino. There would be a market for him. What would you do on this blue line without him? Well, you'd have Mark Friedman and Chad Ruedel and Chris Letang as your right-handed defense. You'd be a little thin. You'd have to be moving some guys around a little bit. If there's injury, you have Pierre-Olivier Joseph. You have Yuso Ricola. You have a lot of defensemen. You could move one of them. You could get something back that you need. That one doesn't even need to be a cap space kind of move. That can just be a plain old hockey trade. Moving defensive depth to bring in scoring depth. So while I understand and appreciate what Burke's saying, I've also understood and appreciated when I've heard the same thing 
directly from Hextall. It's not something that they can't get done. It might be something that they'd find a little distasteful, something that they would rather see sort itself out. But that isn't happening. And it doesn't even look like it's close to happening. They're going to have to get proactive here. That starts with moving capital. When we come back, just one question. Today's J1Q comes from Jordan Schweinsberg, who asks, What is your assessment of Brian Dumoulin? He's looked a step slow and a little weak on the puck for a long stretch now. Is there an injury, or do you think it's more technique or attention to detail? Jordan, I can't argue with that assessment at all. I felt that Dumoulin, in a game that I covered in Boston about a month ago, was outstanding at his absolute peak, the, the way he looked four or five years ago. And ever since that night, for whatever reason, it's been the polar opposite. And I'm not sure that I understand it. He does look a little bit behind the play. And anybody who knows Dumo's game knows that even though he is not at all an offensive defenseman. It's always been founded on really, really good skating. And that goes back to his high school and college days. He was known, first and foremost, for being mobile. And the rest of the game just kind of followed. Well, that's not all there. And it's been a little unsettling to see at times. Now, is he nursing some kind of... Uh, injury, trying to battle through something, we have no way of knowing that. Locker rooms still aren't open. And when you bring somebody out to the podium and you say, hey, Dumo, are you nursing some kind of injury? You're not going to get anything. You could do that in a locker room and maybe get somebody to tell you something off the record. You can't do it in this setting. So we don't know that. I can presume that in part because of the time of season. Everybody's got something but in part because of just watching him. Now, here again, though, to swing back to what I talked about in the opening segment, this is a player who is valuable to the Penguins, arguably more valuable to the Penguins than he would be to any other team because of the impact that he has on Chris Letang. We have seen Letang perform well with other partners. Heck, we saw him perform pretty well with P.O. Joseph at various points, albeit in tiny sample sizes. But there's no question that Dumo has kind of a settling, stabilizing effect on Latang. So do you risk trading him? And here again, there's a $4 million cap hit that you're taking off your books. And then throwing Latang out of whack. And we've seen what Latang can look like when he's out of whack. As distasteful as I might find this, while watching Dumoulin on a given bad night, I'm going to say, no, you have to keep him. 
you have to keep him. If this season is in fact about this season, and it should be, considering the number of stars that seems to be aligned with this roster and pending free agents and so forth, you keep him. But you don't keep Kapanen. There's no reason for it. Just move Kapanen, get the cap space, and start getting some people up and down from Wilkes-Barre. Get busy. Got to find some secondary scoring. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.